0: Alright, welcome to episode 2 of Live From My Garage. Today, I am going to go over the Astros' start. We're going to discuss this series that just happened with the L.A. Dodgers. I know, I know, I just saw it. The start of basketball. We'll also, in the world of entertainment, go over some of the Emmy nominations. And, like I told you all about TV shows, I might even discuss... uh, the shy and queen of the south i'm almost done with queen of the south and the shy it's just taking a turn i really need them to find keisha that and much more on live from the garage next On these all right welcome to the uh, live from the garage podcast it's e i tell you guys that um this is fresh and live but this is the third go at it because i've had technical difficulties Stupid dog was sitting by a stick. The stick fell. The dog barked. That was strike one. Uh, Wife and kids pulled up. That was strike two. I'm just going to roll with it now. Whatever interruptions come, they come. (laughs) Anyway, um, I'm going to discuss some sports today. Discuss these Astros, Um, the start of basketball, the NFL 100 list, what I see in it that I liked and didn't like. We're going to go over some uh, TV. I'm watching two good shows right now, and uh, Queen of the South and The Shot. I want to break down some of those and see where they're going and my thoughts on the direction they could be going in. And the uh, Emmy nominations, whatever that may mean to you. We're also going to uh, discuss a little bit of politics, and from that, we'll just move on and see where it takes us. Because I got to be honest with you guys, doing this thing live, (laughs) man, things happen. I don't have the soundproofing and the equipment that others have. I digress. All right. Last night, the Astros played. And if you can maneuver into your spirit certain takeaways that work, then allow me to tell you what I liked and what I did not like. What I loved was Christian Javier's performance. Through 5.2 innings, the man had eight strikeouts and two hits. One of those hits was to one of the hottest hitters in baseball. But we still have to count it. And, yes, it was a home run. Save for that, that man would have had a shutout, and he probably would have got that W yesterday because he was dealing. And to deny him that, you would be lying to yourself. But in light of what he did and the young bullpen did, we had issues with the sticks. The um, Astros have gotten us accustomed to a certain brand of baseball. And I think to some extent that we uh, lose sight of the fact that that's not normal how they played. Now, I get it. Some of you guys might be hung up on, you know, signs stealing or trash cans and all that other bullshit that's irrelevant. But if you just put facts on paper, we had a lot of guys hit 30 home runs last year. And one guy hit 40. (laughs) And two guys almost came close to hitting 40. And um, a lot of guys had 20 home runs. I think the biggest takeaway I took from yesterday is we have a manageable bullpen, a clearly defined number four starter. I'm going to go ahead and give Javier that label. Him and Urquidy can really go good with Granky and God knows what's happening with Verlander and McCullers. And that's serviceable in this modern day of baseball to get you where you got to go, especially with these young guys in these arms. And I think as far as pitching goes, before I get to these sticks more in detail, I can roll with a bullpen that has a Josh James, a Anoli Paredes. I know he's up and down, but that stuff was good the other day. Let's not let's not charge him for how he looked in that first Dodgers game without taking into account how he looked in the Seattle series. Um, I can survive with Brian Abreu, you know, leading up to Osuna and whenever Ryan Presley returns. But, you know, Sas need to. Let me add him in there, too. But, you know, the Peacocks and the Davinskys, you know, Colin McHughes, those names had a good run. But if we being honest, it's time to usher these new guys in and give them a chance. Because they look good. Their stuff looks good. I do believe, sadly, that Framber needs to go back down and get this thing figured out. Or this just might not be the fit for him. I'm not saying that man can't play professional baseball. He has proven it. He has had more than enough starts. I just don't think what Brent Strom is teaching him is resonating. So I do believe a change of pace would work best for him. If we can get some kind of hitting prospects, who knows, pick up on a Jordan out of the blue. I think we'll be fine. And I bring up Jordan to be an awesome segue. And, and shout out to uh, I don't. I don't hate the guy. I just don't think what we do works with him. He can go somewhere else and probably flourish. That happens all the time in all other sports. Why not for Frambo, right? Because if you can't learn under branch Strong, and it appears that he struggles with that, then that's just what that is. But let's discuss these sticks. Let's have a, let's have a true conversation. If I told you your best hitter for the Houston Astros was Carlos Correa, who is batting four oh nine. You'd be like, what in the hell? And he is. (laughs) He's not the best, but he's the second best. The best is Michael Brantley, who's batting 435. But I, I suspect both of those numbers will drop. But if I told you the second best was Carlos Carrera, you would not believe me. But he is. The guy who you would think would be up there, Jose Altuve, a whopping 174. Let's go here. George Prinder, he's batting. 0.048. 0.048. Hmm. Let's go to our guy, A. Brig. He's batting a beautiful 174 as well. Yuli Guriel is batting 238. And because he's almost an everyday player, Josh Reddick is batting point 0.182. If you thought. And I know some of you did. I was going to leave him off. You are wrong. Kyle Tucker is batting .188. This is the team that over the past three years won, a, won 100 games per, appeared in two World Series, three ALCSs, and is replete with guys who either have MVPs, All-Star nods, or All-Star MVPs. 60 games is not a lot of time. I said this in the first podcast and I will say it again. Every loss feels like a punch to the gut, especially when you only have 60 games to get it right. We are not in position to write wrong ships at this juncture. And in baseball, as you guys know, these guys got to see it, feel it, hit it. If you're not there now, will you be there By game 20, because that's about the time frame you have before we know what we are. That's game 20 represents one third of the season. I know the math, (laughs) Uh, but that's where you got to be, because if this were real baseball, we'd be looking at this around about game 50. Because we you are who you are at that juncture, but we don't have that kind of time. And if that is the production that we're getting from these sticks, Dusty needs to do some some coaching here, man. I mean, he just does. I don't know. I know baseball is different than basketball and football, so you really can't go out there and coach someone to see ball, hit ball. But there has to be some kind of conversation because this is not the norm we are used to. And and then normally we would get it, but it's just the time isn't working with us to get it. I mean, Bregman's a traditionally, traditionally slow starter. I get that. Springer has teased us. Sometimes he looks good. Sometimes he looks great. Correa starts out strong traditionally, then gets injured, then flops, and then we're stuck with that. I fully expect that to be the case again because that's just what he does. But I will take what I'm getting now. Brantley's a professional hitter, so all these are Ws. But as much as I want to have this be a Joe Kelly conversation from the other day, I really want to focus on how the team looks now. Don't worry, I will address Joe Kelly. But let's have that conversation, man, with what we're seeing. You had a dude give up one home run. If this was a Rolander, we'd be having all kinds of conversations about run support. We had three pitchers heading into the ninth. Yet and still, here we are. Here we are. We can't muster up runs against one of the teams we might see again. That could have been a World Series preview, and that is how we look. I said this last part, and i say it again. If it were just normal and all we could do is just rest on our laurels, then I'd be so okay with this. But we are facing a situation where every loss might as well be two or three. And honestly, if we can't get these sticks in order, we are asking for what we are getting. I don't have solutions right now because, like I said, it's sea ball hit-ball. But I will say, if you think the biggest absence so far might be Verlander, you are wrong. <laughs> it is clear that we can muster up enough to keep games competitive because Brent Strom is just a wizard. It's the sticks. And I get it. You know, the first games versus Seattle, they showed up and showed out. But this was a good team. I don't measure us versus bad teams. Versus good teams, we look pretty bad in this Dodgers series. Should have won one of those. I get it. Emotions ran high in the whole Joe Kelly fiasco. And for the record, all of y'all saying that's excessive, ain't go to hell. That man on a 3 0 count threw at Bregman's head. And he wasn't even on the damn squad. What's funny. Is those of you who come into that man's defense, forget the fact that he was on the Red Sox squad that was also found guilty of cheating. <laughs> so I wonder whenever he goes to Boston, is he going to be mad and throw at them, his former teammates? When you go to New York, also guilty. It ain't out there, but, but they are. Is he going to throw at them? I, I I fully expect if there were any kind of retaliation, the Yankees would get it because the man is basically a Yankee hater. Play for the Red Sox. Gotcha. But you going to throw at your boys if you pay the Red Sox? Because if not, what you're doing is basically just being a bitch. And as I said on Twitter and I said here, I didn't see you stick around. Yes, you ain't got a problem scrapping. It has been showed and documented. When people rush you, you are ready for that work. But I saw you scroll off pretty fast when Correa came. Because as you learned with our squad, we got dudes who are about that life. Correa is about that life. Osuna is about that life, etc. So my thing is, for all of y'all who are out there talking about Joe Kelly as a hero and things and that, I need y'all to do me a favor. Keep that energy whenever it is applied to those other cheaters out there. Otherwise, y'all just astro-haters. We got enough of those already. Go ahead and get on the bus for that. I fully suspect we'll get the Patriots treatment no matter what we do, even though everyone else is doing the same shit. So I roll with it. If y'all hear the grasshoppers and cricks in the background, you're live from my garage, (laughs) and you're gonna. You might even hear worse than that. I don't apologize for it because this is the place where I go. It's the man cave. It's peaceful and it works for me. <laughs> All right. With that being said, I want to um, talk about some other things sports related. Not so much to ask shows, but you guys know where that's at. Hit me on Twitter if you feel like you want to commentate more about that. But those are my early thoughts. Let me let me close it before I do transition by saying that it's early. But this 10-game road trip might be the season. You know, anything happens. And I assume we're not the only ones with a long stretch on the road trip. But we are going to 10 games to prevent the whole COVID thing be away. And that is going to make or break the squad. My hope is that moving forward, we're able to get at least 6-4. and That's my early prediction. I'm still holding on to 48 and 12. I'm still holding on to Granky figuring it out. I'm not ready to throw the throw him throw him under the bus or throw the towel in on him, but I do realize that his money may not equate to his production at a certain stage. But we shall see, because baseball is still young, guys, and I, I don't want to push the panic button, young the shows. They still lead the division <laughs> despite being three and three. But um, it's early. It's just I see things. And I know y'all see them. If you're a a fan of baseball and you're going, eh, this, this, this can't sustain. This model cannot sustain because we do not measure our success here in Houston by winning the division. That ship has sailed. We are ALCS and beyond or bust. I would dare even say World Series or bust because that's just where we are two World Series appearances in three years in the ALCS and a World Series championship. The money we've spent, the people that we have on this roster, it's clear. And yes, as I said earlier, we need Don back. Don is a key. I, I know we have another prospect in that lineup in Kyle Tucker, but as I said on another uh, Twitter thread, and I'll say here on my pod, more specifically, it is hard to evaluate Kyle Tucker when I look at him through Jordan and Bregman lenses. Every quote-unquote can't-miss top prospect the Ashos have had has came up and did what they're supposed to do. Bregman came out like a cannon. Actually, he sucked the first. He was like 1 for 52 or some craziness. But when he found out who he was, it was a wrap. And Jordan, he, he came out as like a cannon. But, you know, he's not here. And Bregman's slow right now. Okay, so put in the young guy, Kyle, and give him some more at-bats. And he looks about as serviceable as Redick, the guy he's supposed to replace. I got to be honest, I had Derek Fisher memories yesterday and was like, I wonder if he thinks about us. Because I think about him. in <laughs> the jilted lover syndrome. We need him back. If just for a little bit to remind us what we had, and I think about all the guys we gave up for Granky, and i like, (laughs) God, I just pray. (laughs) I pray it looks better because right now it does not look good. And I don't know. Kyle needs a proper, fair evaluation. But, you know, when you got Pete Alonzo's and Ronald Lacuna's and the young man from San Diego and and Ryan Lewis, the young man for, uh, for the Sox, all of which were in a prospect list with Kyle Tucker and doing things Kyle Tucker is not doing. To include Jordan, it makes you wonder, what do we have and why do we have it? Sigh. Maybe he finds his stroke. I, I consider you know, 275, 18 home runs, 65 RBIs. Really good for this being his first full season. If he can pull those numbers off. In the sixty games, if we're a full one sixty, I would expect about twenty eight home runs. I, I would expect about eighty five RBIs. I would expect again a two eighty two seventy five batting average, and you know I would hope no less than no more than hundred strikeouts, because he's still learning. I heard somewhere today that, um, I think it was John. John said to John Granado that you know when he came up, he thought it would just be natural. Well, it ain't. You got to work, Kyle. You may never listen to this podcast, but if you do, buddy, you got to work. You got to earn it all. Yuli is up there swinging and making adjustments every single day. Yuli, a professional, probably Hall of Famer out of Cuba, who would more than likely leave the Astros with a pretty polished career. If he's working, if he's working, he came to the team at 35. What's your excuse? You know, I I don't need can't miss product, uh, can't miss prospects thinking that their name alone is all they need. You have to get up here and grind. And yes, your nun makes me see you differently, <laughs> but he's not here right now either. So I really place emphasis on you. All right, enough Astros talk. I could do this all day, and it'll get me nowhere, because I do want to shift gears to basketball, because it returns. Yeah! How y'all feel about that, man? Let's have that conversation. Am I a fan of the bubble? No. But I am a fan of basketball. I think Lou Williams going out and getting them some hot wings was perfectly fine. Ain't no games going on. But, I mean, there is the thought that he places his team at risk. But he had his mask on, in the Bucky, eating his wings, If anything, I learned the man was willing to take precautions to not get anybody sick. So I see it differently. And hell, from what I understand, jokingly or not, them wings is pretty damn delicious. So there's that. (laughs) But with the return of basketball, we get Lakers and Clippers tonight. We get LeBron. Why? Not Trizzy, but from what I understand, Pat Bev will be back. We get Anthony Davis. You know, Paul George. I mean, Kyle Kuzma, my guy Kyle. (laughs) I'm ready for it, man, because we need another, you know, contrast to baseball. There will be a period where we'll have three sports at once. Who amongst us does not like the possibility that there will be three sports going on at one time? Three majors at that. You know, four if you count, you know, the golfs and the tennis, But I'm focusing on the big three. Of course the NBA wanted us to see LeBron first. Of course they wanted us to see the Lakers first at that. I'm not mad. I'm not mad that he gets to go against Kawhi. Because I honestly believe that's going to be your Western Conference Finals. And if anything else, and I've been lobbying for this since I had a real people's sports blog. And if you were part of that, then you really fucks with me because that is old school. Anyway, I've been lobbying for what baseball and football do. Not so much with a East and West, but a National League and a American League style of formatting that allows for the Lakers to be in one conference and the Clippers to be in another. Because I do believe the West Coast is that. And it has been since I was a kid. (laughs) It's always been that way. Ever since Jordan... Laced them up and called it a wrap. The East Coast been sleep. And don't hit me with but LeBron. LeBron was one man on one team mopping the East. Yes, he has seven final appearances in 10 years. The man, man was playing the likes of, you know, the Pacers, the, the Raptors without Kawhi. I can name all of them teams. Off. An older Celtic squad. An older Pistons squad. Look, I am not going to bash... How LeBron got there, but I am going to bash where he got it from. He was East. You see the Cleveland the squad he had that still got up there the first time around? The second best player was who? <laughs> I, I, I want to say it was a little three-point guy out of UT, Booby. <laughs> I want to say it was Booby or another guard on that squad, but I forget. You know, it might have been the guy with the goofy hair who looks like Sasha Bob. I don't know. But he came out the East. I think the West needs to be split so there's more parity. But won't happen, and we got to roll with how we got it. So you might see a team like the Rockets not even make the playoffs because they enter into this as the seventh seed. You know, the teams like Portland who won't even be coming into the bubble because they're out the playoff contention. We will not get to see Dame shoot 40-foot three-pointers and walk off like that is regular. Let that sink in. It pisses me off, but I love basketball, so I digress. My son plays 2K. We sit around and talk basketball all the time. It's made us closer. As a kid, I went to basketball camp. Man, I can do basketball for a full hour and still not be enough time. Um, By the way, this pod will come after you if you bring up the following names and any associated slander. Hakeem Olajuwon, Larry Bird, Tracy McGrady, and Kawhi Leonard, yes, those are my four guys. And then Jordan, Jordan fun. <laughs> I'd normally say Jordan, but Jordan after this, the Last Dance, he has opened up the door. I thought the Hall of Fame was bad, but it seems like any time Jordan had an issue with you, it ended with I was gonna bust his ass. Like you, I, I have this image of Jordan walking to the post to the mailbox, and his neighbor running to the mailbox faster than he did to get to his mail and going. Gotcha. And looking at Jordan, and Jordan is like, okay, next time I see him, I'm going to bust his ass and drop 40. You know? And and, and it's like, Jordan's that guy. You know, you joking, Then this is about him, Then it's no longer funny. And next time he see you, he going to remind you of that. It's like that Kobe commercial, may he rest in peace. Another guy, no Kobe slander. Um, When he's in there with Jalen Rose, and he's like, hey, Jalen. And he's like, yeah, let me get 81 Olives. You know, friendly reminders here or there. They, some of these guys are not with the shits. And I'm okay with that. But I wanted to put out the no slander rule. Because I know there will be blog listeners and pod listeners for the first time. Who might come at me with my love for those guys. Fair warning. I am with the shits. And I will bring them to smoke if any of those names are aforementioned or drug. It's what I do. I love them. <laughs> like they family. So. Basketball starts up. I have the Lakers winning it. I don't have a bias, even though I am a fan of the Lakers. I do believe that given the short time frame, given the format and what we have to expect, that they are best equipped to do so because of that. They are built for a short-term, quick run, followed closely by the Denver Nuggets. I uh, look at that roster up and down, and I talked about this last week, just to bring it up again, you know, Jokic and, and uh, the shooters he got around him, and you really, you really, it's hard to argue that that team can't make a move. After that, I think um, I got to look to the East and go the Celtics because they have athletes. When you look at that Celtics roster and you see um, just all the moves that they have, I mean, let's, 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 let's have this talk. Jason Tatum, I can start with him, right? He was finally trying to get his groove. I don't know for a fact if he may have lost it, but I'm a fan, so I'll take it. You know, Kemba Walker's probably finally healthy now. Jalen Brown, the most slept on. You know, Eric Cantor. They have a good squad. Oh, by the way, and they're paying Gordon Hayward still. I say paying because he hasn't been playing up to that money. But, I mean, the the roster's so stacked. Can we really have that? I believe giving those boys the light. They might just uh, make enough push to make this thing interesting because the East is wide open. You don't have to deal with a Jamal Murray, Nikolai Jokic, you know, Troy Daniels, Paul Millsap of the Nuts, Will Barton. I know Troy Daniels, you may have laughed at, but when he's hot, don't breeze drop, man. <laughs> don't sleep on Toronto, Siakam and crew, but I just don't have the love of him and Kyle Irin and the crew making. Yeah, now that being said, if fan fleet can find finals for him, they're a threat. But those are the teams. I I like the Clippers. I, this is not Clipper hate because I know Kawhi can kick it to another level. He has proven that on two teams and has finals, MVPs, as well as trophies and rings to prove it. But I just think the Clippers right now are they, – they were – any of these teams, if you ever notice, right, these teams they build up in jail, have to get a time to get chemistry established, they were still working on that. They're not there yet, and I just don't think in the time that we have left to appreciate them, they will get there and establish who takes the final shot in the clutch. You know, that all-defensive nightmare that could have been. Guys, just to put it in perspective, they have, they have a defense that could have had Montrezl Harrell, Paul George, Kowaliton, and Pat Baez on the floor at the same time. I mean, you're probably saying, well, who's the fifth? Does it matter? I can go out there and be the fifth because they locking, they locking down the mother four and rotating the switches so much that that is really all you need. I just don't think that that team has had the time. Now, that being said, Lou comes back from his 10 game, etc. I may think differently on this. But that's that's where I see them. That's why I don't want to discount them. And if I, was, if I was in Vegas, yes, I'd put money on them. But I wouldn't feel good about it despite them looking like the odds on favorite. The Lakers just, to me, have it all better place. And they've played together. You know, Kawhi was still on his load management <laughs> whenever the season was doing what it was doing. And so was Paul George. I'm not going to just come at, the, at, at Kawhi. Paul George was too. But we shall see, guys. All right, that's the basketball take. It starts tonight. Yeah, I'm excited. Hell yeah, man. I get basketball and baseball. I can channel surf again. You know how tired I am of Food Network and Netflix and Hulu? I'm actually not tired of them. But I just want to say, without sports, it has been a dire circumstance. And it's glad to be. I am so glad, personally. Just from a betting standpoint, I'm a gambler. I mean, I gamble. And I love it because it allows me to take risks. I'm not out there dribbling the basketball or catching a touchdown, but I'm betting like I am, and I'm rooting for squads, and it gives me that sports knowledge to help me. Anything I can do to research and learn and then put money on the research that I have learned, I'm going to do, up to and including poker. Really can't research and bet that, but you can play it and research odds on how to win at it. There will be poker episodes too by the way. Um but I'm going to make my transition into the final topic in sports. And that is football. All right, recently the 100 came out and they do this yearly since 2011 I believe where they give you the top 100 players as voted on by the players. I'm going to save the last 10 Because that's where the drama started. But let's just say there were some notables that I do want to have fun with. Started with number 41. Current free agent Jadavion Clowney. Is it odd that he's not signed with anybody? Uh, A lot of my Texas people were like, this is a travesty. Why didn't we bring him back? You know, J.J. Watt's on his last leg. Funny now, that looks mighty different because nobody wants the guy that Steve Spurrier said. Sometimes you got to motivate because he believes his athleticism is enough. There's a reality there. All I'm saying, was I a county fan when he was in Houston? Absolutely. god dang But if we're just being honest, guys, he has spurts. You can tell that he needs. He has flashes where it looks like he can be probably the best defender in football. Then he disappears, and that disappearing act can last two, three games. He places a lot of emphasis on anticipation, which results in quite a quite a few offsides calls, and he plays up for certain games and not for others. Yeah, he looked good last year when they played against San Francisco. That was a team to beat. And, you know, I I mean, who, who amongst us doesn't get up for rivalries and things of that nature, right? That's, that's what we do. That's in our inherent nature to do that. But the fact that he's unsigned is very telling, especially when you consider how much he wants and why. At number 20, Deshaun Watson. Is it disrespect for him to be so low? Let's see who's ahead of him. Camille Mack, I believe, should be lower. Travis Kelsey. Hmm. You know, I have no issue with those two. All right. Nick Bosa, the same. Aaron Rodgers, he should be in front of. He should definitely be in front of Aaron Rodgers. And if we're going by the top 100 currently playing, this next name better not be a shock to y'all. Tom Brady, is he the 14th best player in football, and last year he stunk? And I compare him to his previous numbers and the expectations he himself places on him. Should he be, uh, uh, should he be above Deshaun Watson? Really? We having that conversation? You know, there's some other guys on here. Drew Brees. Hmm. I would argue head-to-head head that Deshaun Watson looked better than him. But then we get into this top ten. And this is where the fun starts. All right. Number 10 was Derrick Henry. The league's leading rusher, who typically shows up to the party late. Alabama, he had the thing starting week three. That's when he showed up, showed out his rookie season. And last year, when Derrick Henry realizes, oh, I'm Derrick Henry, it's a wrap. It's just he doesn't realize that until like week five or six, sometimes week seven. But the numbers, he just eats. He just takes us a while to load up. I like Derrick Henry, where he's at. I do believe he's the best running back in football. I'm not hating on Ezekiel Elliott or Christian McCaffrey, but I do see him. As far as just running goes, that's pretty hard to stop because I don't know if I said it earlier, but I will go back and retract. Christian McCaffrey, he is sitting at six. A hybrid, if you will. That young man can ball, and as a fantasy owner, if you don't pick him up first, you are only doing that because you hate what he brings to the table, or you're using reverse racism, which is stupid. But you probably are because you're not used to a white guy doing these things from the running back position. I get it, but put some respect on that man's name, and especially on his goddamn game. It is confirmed, and it is solid. But that's not even the drama. And I'm not going to, re- I'll be remiss if I didn't mention the other guy. So at number nine was Stefan Gilmore, shut down corner for the Patriots. Uh, New Hopkins. <laughs> oh, Texans fan, we are still mad about that. And we should be because we traded them away for magic means. And um, Randall Cobbs and the other guys that we have signed will not be close to the numbers and chemistry that we had with him and Deshaun Watson. Can't Mike is at number five. At number four, the ooh, Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Now, I bring up number four because this is where the drama starts, right? Okay, but before I do, you know, Aaron Donald's number three, Russell Wilson's number two, and Lamar Jackson's number one. Is it disrespectful that Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson are above Pat Mahomes? I, I think so. I think so because I'm not knocking Lamar Jackson, especially considering that they have him as the number one guy. He is unguardable. He is the Mike Vick of the current era. He can throw for 300 or rush for 200. Either way, you got a game plan. You got to put a linebacker or two, cheat coverages over. But that man ain't Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes is that quarterback of the modern era that makes you think as long as he's on the field, you got a shot. I'm sorry. I love Deshaun Watson I'm biased. Uh, I like Russell Wilson. I have been tight with Russell Wilson since Wisconsin. I've always thought he was slept on. And the fact that he's winning with Sierra every, every single day is not lost on me. The man is married to a goddess. But... We're not gonna have this conversation about respect without talking about the disrespect on Pat Mahomes. I know y'all have seen last. He should have two Super Bowl rings. Let's just be honest with, with ourselves. What Pat Mahomes is out here doing, scrambling around and finding guys open, and and some might say it's the receivers. If I had Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, etc., who knows what I would do? But you got to keep your head on a swivel because that band is always finding the open guy. He's like a video game. It almost looks like that. He's scrambling. He's, he's moving. He's shaking. Boom. He finds you open. He can run and get them yards and he's proven that, but he'd rather stay in the pocket and throw it 40 yards down the field or maneuver and maneuver until you're open. I thought that that was Russell Wilson's thing until I saw Pat Mahomes come in and perfected. I'm sorry. He doesn't belong at number five. And I I don't even want to talk about Aaron Donald. He belongs where he belongs. Where he's at is where he is. He's the best defender in my opinion. But we can't have this conversation. Because Russell Wilson, I'm sure, secretly would probably tell you, that man is better than me. Lamar Jackson probably wouldn't. And I can see why. And this is NFL player and on, so I understand why that, there might be some hate there. But if we being honest with ourselves, man, if you had to pick these guys in a mock live draft, right, if we're on NFL Network and they're saying we're doing starting teams over from pick number one, and you telling me you're not picking Pat Mahomes with the number one pick, you're lying. Because <laughs> I'll pick him and just roll with whoever else I got at whatever positions I got. And be okay with that Because he's consistent He's uh, He's got the arm He's got the talent He's got the pizzazz The it Whatever I'm not knocking Lamar Jackson Because I'd pick him at number two If I had a number two pick Wouldn't pick Russell number three though Think I'd pick Aaron Donald Or if it was just quarterbacks Because there are those who believe You have to have a quarterback first Can't see I wouldn't pick Deshaun over him if I'm being honest with myself. Just, if it's just me, then oh well. But I, I would. I would pick Deshaun over over Rush. I wouldn't pick him over the other two, but definitely over Rush. Um, but Aaron Donnelly is where he is. I don't know how that, how you remedy a player's vote, but I will say, if that man is uh, Santa Claus, you know, making a list and checking it twice somebody's ass is about to get busted. (laughs) Because he does what he does, and we can acknowledge that he is really good at it. I hope it's not my team, because not one Texan is above him. But, you know, you never know. He might just make us part of the revenge tour just because we were remotely mentioned. And, and, you know, he might still feel a certain kind of way because he had to come back to beat us. God, I'm still salty about that. I don't know if I'll ever get on. You know, <laughs> I'm old enough to remember 35-3. to 3, And while that did not feel near as bad as that, oh, it was so close. Because <laughs> I thought we had a chance. But in the back of your head, and this is why that man is number one in my opinion, you knew they had that guy. And eventually their defense would make adjustments. But ours wouldn't. And as long as they got him scoring, there's nothing you can do when that flood starts from Kansas City. I, they need to change their name as long as he's there to the Kansas City Rain, Because it feels like a flood of just scoring and running and just guys running around and, Hey, hey, catch up with Tyreek Hill. Hey, hey, check out, catch up with Travis Kelsey or, or these other receivers who were good on other teams that are here now. That's what they bring. And it's just tough to keep up with that back and forth. We shall see, guys. Football's still a month away. They have yet to figure out COVID. And you see these cryptic tweets from your favorite players. And that's just your favorite players going, we want to play. But not to mention teams like the Patriots who have had guys who are on this list say they're just not going to play through the safety concerns. Cam can't catch a break. Man, this supposed to be the year Cam had his prove it year to get his money right. Cam's money is going to be right because he's got all those endorsements and the money he made while in Carolina. But the guy's not coming to play. He really got to show. First, he has to win the starting spot. And I'm not confident that with Belichick, he could even do that. But we shall see, especially with that roster the way that it is. I never discount or doubt or place in a position where he cannot succeed. One, Bill Belichick, because he will always prove you wrong. (sighs) <sighs> I don't even know the time, but that was sports. If you made it this far and you want to hear more of the pod, because up next, we covering entertainment. I will not be hard to find on Live from the Garage. Next. Once again, it's your boy, Ian. I wanted to come to you guys about sponsorship. I currently do not have one. I have been on pods where they have had them, but I don't have one. And this being a new platform, you can hop right in for the low, low cost. You know what, we'll discuss it. (laughs) Let's just say I'm not too picky right now and the prices are bargain basement. That being said, if you want me to promote anything or give you a shout out, all you gotta do is hit me up and we will discuss the ways to enhance your product. All right, back to the show. my always on my all right, we are back, and if you caught that, that was Moesha, the show that starred Brandy and Mr. Bentley, amongst many others, the one that gave rise to the Parkers, etc. I wanted to start there because it appears that Netflix is bringing back the following shows Moesha, The Game, Sister, Sister, Girlfriends. The Parkers, Half and Half, and One on One. These shows represent a portion of my of my youth and to a greater extent, I guess, my early 20s that really showed you a side of black culture that was lacking at the time. We had a gap when Martin and the show with Queen Latifah, whose name is gay, Living Single. We had a huge gap in between our shows at that time. I'm not discounting In the House or Family Matters, but ABC really tried to show a fluffy side and and did not want to give us the voice. I think that UPN and the C-Dub did to a greater portion with its shows. And, you know, shout out to Netflix, man, because I am going to stream some of those until they run them off the platform. Um, Didn't get to see how, you know, Moesha abruptly ended. I did know that, you know, they have these things where they have the villain and the actual villain. It looks like every time we looked around, Moesha's dad had a new kid or a new situation. He put them in, but we would always find other people to blame. Um, Girlfriends, I was waiting for that because we kept getting told that would come back. There would be a re-up movie. God knows what. And it never happened. I want to give kudos to Issa Ray for giving us the millennial version of that show, though, because it works and insecure. But it's not Girlfriends. <laughs> I do believe that Girlfriends were the, was the soil for Issa to have her show because there are similar instances and occurrences where you can see that, but it's just not the same. And she would even probably tell you that. It, they're different shows, but... Girlfriends living on the West Coast, blah, blah, blah. Um, I didn't watch all of them, but I did watch most of them. You know, I grew up with some of them, had crushes on a lot of them, and it just resonated. And I, I, I'm really appreciative and thankful that Netflix would do that because it allows some of us who, who miss our favorites to have that again. And we, if nothing else, have proven during this pandemic. That we watch TV in large amounts. Not everything from these guys is going to be, you know, Narcos or Queen of the South or rewatching things like The Wire or Bosch. I, I do have a side that enjoys for humor and things of that nature, and I'm, I'm just excited. Big picture, I look forward to seeing these shows again, seeing how Brandy ended, you know, et cetera. I had a crush on on, on uh, Brandy. her song. I want to be down. You know, every time I make a mix, I have some version of that song on it. A little fun fact about me because I was a huge fan and my crush on her was, I mean, you'd have to have known me as a kid to fully appreciate it, but it was there and it was legitimate. Um, The game. I stopped watching after Pooch Hall left because at that point I just was wondering what they were doing because it was built around him and Tia Maori. So when he left, I was like, "What he? What he? What are we doing here?" And then they brought on Chris Weber. <laughs> you know, it, it got to a point where it was just—you could tell—they were really stretching shows to that extent. Girlfriends. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sorry. Half and half, half and half, is a show that, if you're in my age group and you're a certain demographic, you can appreciate the uh two star characters, two light skinned queens who who were lovely on the eye, <laughs> fine as hell. <laughs> and you know, it chronicled their life having the same dad but two different moms living once again in the, on the West Coast doing their life and just, just navigating from, you know, one who's i guess grew up in a modern average style life and one who had who was well off but it was a good show nonetheless their 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 humor and comedy stretched and it kept us entertained you know Maria Brockleole I think is her name who wrote those shows she does not get her roses as much as she should and this is a show that will completely and 100% of the time acknowledge her efforts because I watched most of her products Good stuff. Moving right along. All right, last week, I didn't get to touch on it. And it's killing me because the plot has just twisted. And that is The Shy. The Shy captivates me, but it also pisses me off when I'm torn. I feel like the storylines this season did not connect with how last season ended. If I'm not mistaken, Emmett's baby mom was pregnant last season. If I'm not mistaken, we didn't see the middle brother die. Y'all know who I'm talking about. (laughs) Yet, we come back and we have a situation where there's a new brother. She's no longer pregnant. And, oh, by the way, a full kidnapping is taking over the plot of the show. And I get it. The writer of the show, the show's originator, had to splice in the the how do I put it the more human side of Chicago. So you're going to see things that are modern, and I think they should be highlighted. You know, we have a a, a gangster who's in love with a change, and the woman. Let me tell y'all, she's beautiful, by the way. My goodness, you wouldn't know it. <laughs> And I think that's what they were wanting to highlight, even if that were the case. This is how people live these days. And, you know, he's, you know, maneuvering, trying to get his brother back. Also dealing with the fact that he is with her. And, you know, there's an episode where he confronts somebody who they're in a gay club and the dude was flirting with them. What did you expect? I mean, just tell him you're not interested. Enjoy your drink. He wasn't disrespectful to him, but, you know, it could be perceived differently. But I like the shot's direction. I just don't think it connected well with last season. You know, bringing on characters has never worked for me. He doesn't have show killers. Like, uh, she didn't bring on Ray J. (laughs) She brought on a housewife, the member of Escape. And, you know, she ages like fine wine, by the way. She just does. Um, Lala. Last time we saw Lala. It was a (laughs) get-rich-town. By the way, you know, I can't go without speaking on power. 50, just let it die. All these spinoffs. Look, man, you had a good show with a good run. Outside of seeing Keisha in jail and having to go through that process because she took the rap for her son and maybe what's happening to... uh, I forget his name, but uh, Ghost is number two. You can see how he rolls in Cali. I really don't need to see everybody else. I just don't. I don't need to see the sun. I don't need to see anybody. However, I will bring the sun up in a later portion. Um, so show had a good run. Seeing Lala here was good to see that again. Seeing her, you know, stretch her characters out because him from being a his girlfriend now to being a down-home kitchenista in the shop so that's been an interesting look i'm i'm looking forward to seeing where she takes this next episode because it can go any direction they she's opened up the door for possibilities i do like how lena wife did that part i'm gonna give her credit on that yeah you don't know what could happen next week not too many shows have you thinking like that game of thrones even to its defense did not have me on the edge of my seats wondering why because this last season sucked. There will be an episode dedicated to that. <laughs> A whole episode to Game of Thrones and how that last season I guess I just call it things that pissed me off <laughs> for 2020 and or 2019 because Game of Thrones was last year and stick that sticker on it. But um, that show right now is leading the way. For me, it's one of the shows running high, followed by a show I'm watching because I was late on it, and that was Queen of the South. I'm almost done with it, and I'll probably shift gears to another episode or series, but how do I put it? (laughs) Watching a Hefa turn into Camilla Camilla has been quite the uh, segue I didn't know I needed, but I saw coming. And it's interesting because in this last episode, I just watched to get the witness to not roll. She had to go to that man's family. As you remember from season one, when she was on the run, it was because for a similar instance, there was a issue. And the drug cartel basically said, we're going to come for everyone To include you and the people in your family. It's poetic, if you will. I like how that's going. Currently, my lead actress is in a coma, but we shall see how this plays out. Um, I don't like Pote the Boss. Something Boaz said to him, if you're watching this show, will resonate. You are a soldier, not a boss. You don't even have boss experience. When have you ever seen Pote make a serious choice outside of whatever with if she says it, then this is what it has to be? No, I'm not knocking the character. I think it's actually written, but that's not Pote's skill set. Pote's skill set relies in doing what is told the best way it is supposed to be. So I wonder... In season five, if he does get more responsibility because I mean outside of how they have him going, it's not like he uh, can't get underneath Teresa. it's just how they have him set up. He is built to be near her and shout out to him Key Madeira. Madera. he is doing an excellent job in that show, you know, and the great Alice Brega, who is playing Teresa Mendoza. Leads me to what I want to discuss. Alright, if you are following these Emmy nominations, I have no issue. So I don't care for awards. The awards were actually brought out and discussed by some because they were so one-sided and basically unrepresentative of what we as people watch, but more of what a certain group of people watch. So, outstanding lead actor, because there are some... Jeremy Irons, Watchmen, Hugh Jackman, Bad Education, Jeremy Pope, Hollywood, I mean, these are all in the limited series, I don't know them enough to really comment on those, I will say in Watchmen, Jeremy Irons did, amongst uh, other people, I guess it's good to do, but I haven't watched those shows, so we should... Um, Regina King is amongst others in the lead actress in a limited series, to include Carrie, Fy- Carrie Washington in Little Fires Everywhere, Octavia Spencer in Self Made, Shira Haas in Unorthodox. I've watched all those. <laughs> I have watched every one of those, and it it's rare that I've actually seen everything in every category. This is probably the toughest one to call. If you haven't watched Unorthodox, it's on Netflix. It stars a young lady who is leaving the Orthodox Jewish sector to discover herself. And she goes to Germany to find mom and in that process you know, she wants to try out for this symphony orchestra. It uh, takes its turns because she's being chased by her husband and her husband's cousin, to get back home and live the righteous life, despite her objections. She is uh, dynamic in that role, and I would have probably gave it to her if not for the fact Regina King was killing it in The Watchmen. Uh, HBO typically does well with these things. They they get the right character for the right role, and it just kind of works. And her playing that detective and, and leading that life and having to experience all that in that show, sheesh, I'd give it to her. If not for Octavia Spencer in Self Made, where she's playing the uh, first black billionaire with the hair care products. That's a Hulu uh, or Apple TV, I forget which, original. And in that series, we see her navigating through a lot. Rockefeller is her neighbor. And she, and, and it's almost like if I did not know the history of the person she portrayed, I'd really fall in. I thought Octavia Spencer was the person to some she painted it that well. But, and I saved the best for last. I do believe none of them are going to hold a candle to who I presume to be the winner in Kerry Washington. Little fires everywhere, if not the best show, because only the only other show that would have been better, in my opinion, that came out on the streaming platform was The Morning Show. But in that little time it had to shine, (laughs) Kerry Washington in that series killed it. And (laughs) I think it's a disservice that I don't see Reese Witherspoon anywhere in any nominations. Because in the two shows that she was in, she stole the show and she would lead actress, so you'd think she would, right? But Carrie Washington killed it in that. And as far as her and Reese in these two separate families in two separate times, but experiencing dramas and overcoming them, I don't I don't see a scenario where she loses. But if she does to any of the ladies on this list, I understand it was it was really just that good. All right. Moving to outstanding lead actor in a comedy series. I didn't watch too many on here. But Rami. I watched Rami. I caught up. I binged it because what else can you do right now? I'm going to say this. If Rami loses to somebody else on here, I'm gonna have to get into it. And Anthony Anderson from Blackish is on here. Don Cheeto from Black Monday. I gotta catch some of these. Ted Danson from The Good Place. Michael Douglas from The commencement. I would have to catch him to see because I know Rami won it last year. And watching Rami, I mean, he, he reminds me of a typical millennial navigating through life. And you can see the intertwine and him being Egyptian, American, and Muslim. I love it because it introduced me to a part of life I didn't know and I think we need to give him his roses I do believe not watching those other ones that he should be the favorite because he won it last year anyway but you know we shall see the other show for the ladies lead actress in a comedy series we have Christina, Christina Applegate in Dead to Me um, Rachel Brosnahan the Marvelous Miss I believe she's won it before Linda Carlini and Dead to Me. Catherine O'Hara and Schitt's Creek, I believe that she's won before, or that show has, I forget. Issa Rae and Insecure and Tracy Ellis Ross and Blackish. Underdog is probably Issa Rae here. Um, And it's unfair, but her ensemble cab is good enough. Cast is good enough. I still don't think a lot of people are giving her her respect where it's due, and that's a hell of a show. She's respected now, but I don't think she's respected enough yet still. And she, to me, is is A-list or really god dang close um but that's not why I wanted to have a blog about TV shows wanted to because I'm looking and I don't see some names I should see like where is Alex Bregma from Queen of the South she's not in the nomination for lead actress but Jennifer Anderson from the morning show The Crown Killing look I get why who do you pull off Expand the list if you can't take Zendaya off or Sandra O off or Jodie Comir off. And I've watched all these shows except for The Crown. You know, I just, you know, Outstanding Reality Competition Series. The Circle didn't make this from Netflix, (laughs) but The Voice, Top Shelf, Drag Race nailed it and The Masked Singer did. Y'all watch these shows. Come on, man. I can do this all day. Uh, Comedy Series. There was some, there's one on ne- another one on Netflix that I, I won't name. I just want to keep it to myself, but it should have been on this list. Um, outstanding drama series. Why isn't power on this list? When you have Better Call Saul, The Crown, Handmaid's Tale, Killing Me, The Mandalorian, Ozark, Stranger Things, and Secession. Secession might sweep because there are enough people who vote for these things that are not, you know, let's just say <laughs> the majority... And um, I do believe secession is gonna do is gonna eat well. I watch secession. I like secession. I like the the plot and the storyline and where it goes. But I'm not in that life. I don't know anything about being a multi-billionaire, run a TV conglomerate. I think it's loosely based off the guys off of Fox News, but not knowing it completely, I don't know. I'm not a fan of the of the award season. I only brought it up now because the nominations are fresh in the pod. just happens to be dropping as it dropped. I don't care for it. I'd much rather talk about TV shows. What's about to drop. If y'all seen a movie or something like that. I believe Netflix has a movie. With uh, Charlize Theron. I saved to my list. I'm about to hop into. Because it was just that good. If you're looking for show suggestions too. I'm I'm that guy. Um, If you haven't seen it. I need to catch the Jeffrey Epstein special. That dude is a bastard. (laughs) And while we don't have a Bill Cosby special yet, we do have a Jeffrey Epstein special. And with Jessalyn Maxwell currently sitting in federal lockup, why not (laughs) get you some history and learn why we believe that he should be getting a life rep. All right. That concludes the Real Brief TV segment. Sports is back heavily focused on it, and I'm heavily focused on where this may take us. This is an abbreviated episode this time. There will be a third segment the next. The reality is when you go live from the garage, people come in and come out, and if you guys knew how many times I stopped and started and stopped and started, you probably think I was joking, but I am not. We will get better. We will have more segments and more segues, but for now, I leave you with this. The word of the day, the word of the day is enjoy in anything that you do. I hope you guys enjoy it, because if you're not finding that in it, then what was worth it? You can enjoy living, breathing and walking up and down, eating. But just enjoy yourselves. COVID has made it hard to live for a lot of people, you know, with no work. And and no, no future way of earning income in the foreseeable future because they can't go get their livelihoods back in check because they've been unemployed or laid off. I, I would hope that you find pleasure in something. For me, this blog, this pod, you know, going to physical therapy, I had this thing with my knees, I go into one episode. It, it, they bring me little elements of joy and I enjoy them. Guys, got there and find something that makes you happy. I want to thank you guys for listening and uh, see you next week.